Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new Ultra Micro Diameter Injection Arrows. Injection utilizes the new Deep Six standard for more big game penetration than ever before. Learn more about the injection today at www.eastonarchery.com. Now here's your host of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, editor Christian Burr. Welcome back to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. We are the voice of bowhunting, and as always, we're glad that you've taken some time to be with us today. We have got uh, an extremely interesting show for you today. There is uh, a new company in the archery industry called Gearhead Archery, and they have come out with a product called the T18 Compound Bow. And this is, uh, to call it pint size, I guess would be accurate. It's 18 and a half inches axle to axle. This is a very small compact bow, but it's very powerful. It's a serious, serious bow designed for hardcore bow hunting. And, um, uh, if you go online, you can see pictures of the T18 compound from Gearhead, and I have on the line with us today Mr. Paul Terpkoski, who is one of the owners of Gearhead Archery. This is a really cool product, Paul, and uh, very unique, and I appreciate you being with us today to talk about the T18 a little bit. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, we're really excited about the product. Um, it was designed from the ground up to be a military-grade weapon. That's the best way I can describe it. I mean, it is uh, extremely compact, and one of the key features is, is once you shoot it, I think most people shoot it, and the first response is they smile because the hand shock, the draw cycle, the feel of it, it's on the. It's, it's extremely dead in hand. It's quiet. You know, you, know, you wouldn't expect it out of something of this size. I, I guess that's the best reaction and you know, we've had quite a few people shoot it and that's uh, just a initial reaction but it has so many features in it that are unlike any other bow and uh, we're really excited well that's great I, uh, I just want to rattle off a few other sort of particulars for our listeners and then we'll get more into the the development and design of the T18. Uh, as I mentioned, it's 18 and a half inches between the axles. It, it only weighs 2.9 pounds, which is very light, but of course, uh, it's much smaller than, than a traditional uh, compound bow. Uh, it's available with uh, peak draw weights of 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds. You got a seven inch brace height on this bow. Um, and, and one thing I thought was interesting, you, you had some something on your website uh, regarding speeds and um, you're saying that you're getting speeds you know over 300 feet per second with like a 23 inch draw is that is that what am I reading that right Paul yeah so what's in order to make the bow as small as we were able to make it and not have a really uh, aggressive pinch angle we set the bow at a six 25 inch draw length and, and what we're able to do is a small bow shoots the same a 23-inch arrow. So if, if, there's no point in having a short, small bow and then having these 30-inch 30 30 arrows. A short arrow, you can shoot a lighter spine. Uh, you can shoot a long arrow if you want, but the idea was to be, everything was to be compact, the arrow, the bow. And we took a completely different approach to adjusting the way you shoot the bow. And there's some inherent advantages to it that weren't obvious at the time. 
but you can, you can either adjust the draw length with the patent pending release that we have, and the release comes in a one, two, three, four, or five inch extension, or you can play with the D loop, which works equally well. You can have an extended D loop, and at, at first people are a little bit hesitant with the longer D loop, and the release is, is, is a lot easier for people to, to, to digest. But until you shoot it, uh, anything that's new and different, you know, usually people think it must be wrong, and archery people can be a little bit difficult, but everybody that's shot it, once they shoot it, they get it. So we are getting, uh, you know, over 300 feet per second with it, with the 25-inch uh, draw length. It, it shoots a 284-grain arrow. We're actually shooting a gold-tip arrow at 23-inch uh, long with a 100-grain tip. We're at uh, 305 feet per second. You, you can shoot heavier arrows. A 350-grain arrow will be at 275, but it's very efficient bow. Hmm. And so what was the, uh, you said the reasoning on the, having that standardized draw length on this bow of 25 inches, that was because longer than that, that the pinch on the arrow knock would get too much? At, at that short of an axle to axle, two, two things. One, the cams would get very, very large, and then the bow would get, end up having to get bigger. It's like you're caught in a loop, right? Bigger cams, then you have to move the uh, axle to axle out because the cams will get in the way of the sight window. This bow at full draw has a, at full, draw has a full sight window, has a, uh, there's, there's uh, no, uh, nothing, you know, in, in, in your, in your, in, in beating your view. Um, and again, that, you know, I've made a lot of bows, tried a lot of things. I had, we had bigger size of this, but to get to this backpack size bow and be able to break that 300 foot per second mark was really our goal. And, and, and the logic I use to tell people is this. Many people, there's many people I know that have a 25 inch drawing. A lot of women have a 25 inch drawing and they're pulling 45 to 50 pounds and taking a lot of gain. Mm-hmm. Very few people, you know, if you look at the curve, at, you know, have a, 30, a true 30-inch drawing. Bows have become so efficient that at this small, compact size, we're able to generate 62 foot-pounds of kinetic energy, which is more than enough to take every big game except the Cape Buffalo and the Grizzly. So we have a lot of people. We have some pro staff shooters shooting it that have taken uh, quite a few different types of animals with it. it. It's got plenty of knockdown power, but it's basically the equivalent of taking a, a person and reducing them to a you know, any top brand bow and you buy it and you have a 25-inch drawing, that's what we've done. So you're not going to, you know, but, but I guess I say to people, well, if someone has a 25-inch drawing, they shouldn't go uh, elk hunting. No, no one really kind of talks. And, you know, it, it, there's a lot of people that cannot have that full 30 and So that's kind of was the, you know, the rationale of getting this small. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about the shooting modification. You mentioned you... you something about either mo- obviously if i if i don't use an extended d loop or this release that you mentioned uh you know for instance i have a 29 inch draw length so if i pick up your bow and shoot it without either of those modifications i'm going to have to uh put a lot more bend in my elbow to uh, you know, get myself to an anchor position. Uh, talk to me about how, how you shoot this bow. You, you, okay, and I have a 29-inch draw length as well. And 
you know, you can shoot the bow exactly like you said. If someone really wants to do it, you can. I don't think I would shoot out past 30 yards like that, but, you know, you can do it. I shoot is our four-inch release extension. And what it does, there's a couple things that are I, I didn't get to touch on. Is inherently, a short draw length shooter has an advantage over a draw length, long draw length, as far as reaction time. The length of time that the arrow is in this bow is very short, about six milliseconds. Or on equivalent 30 inch, it's about two and a half, three milliseconds longer. If you could, you know, go with equivalent speeds, it's just, and that gives you a chance to twitch or move. And the arrow being longer also deflects differently. So there are some, if you do the research, inherently a shorter drawing. As far as time of flight and the arrow in the bow is more accurate. And that's why people look at the bow and say, that can't be accurate. I got people stacking arrows with this bow, including myself, that's up to 70 yards. It's, it's no less accurate than a large bow. And I guess until people start shooting it and getting, you know, an understanding of what this bow does, it, 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 it's different. And, and I think that's kind of our, our biggest hurdle. Um, the second thing that happens, it's not obvious, with the longer release, your eye is farther away from the peak. But what we like to tell people, and what I've found, and again, I've shot a lot of different bows, when the peak is further away from your eye, it's like looking at a rear iron sight on a rifle. So you have your, your anchor point is wherever you anchor, but you've got, you're going to be forced to look through that peak. That's your rear spot. When you look through that, then you have your front sight, and it's really equivalent to shooting a rifle. Another advantage is when you have your hat on, say you're hunting out west, or you have a cowboy hat on, that, you know, and you start playing with your hat and you're, you're worrying about your string hitting your teeth. None of those things happen. So it, it, it's, I've tried to explain it to different people. This is a, you know, obviously a radio type interview. And it, it's one of those things that until you shoot it, it's, it's hard to explain. But I've had many people shoot it. And again, the initial reaction is a big smile on their face. They're just, they're shocked how easy it is to shoot. Um, so well, let's, let's talk about let's talk about the advantages of this. Obviously, the the size and the weight are, are the two big ones that come to mind. What was your what was your purpose in developing you know a, a, a hunting bow this small? So I travel a lot of places around the world, and I hunt. Uh, I typically hunt a lot in Hawaii. I hunt out west. Um, blind hunting, and I wanted to have a bow, you know, especially now with airlines charging extra and you've got this big case. I'm able to put this bow in my backpack. I put it into my luggage with my hunting clothes, and I'm gone. Um, when I get out into the field, a lot of my hunts, I might be going 8, 9, 10 miles. I've got my bow with my arrows. Everything's in the pack and clothes. If it rains, if I fall down, nothing's getting damaged until I get to where I need to hunt. I pull this bow out, and I've got all the features all the, I'm not really giving up anything but a little bit of kinetic energy. And I, you know, but I have more than enough to take any game. So that's, that's really what the, 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 the other features of the bow, um, again, it has to have, it, we wouldn't even come out with it. It, it, it you hit on that. It is extremely competitive. And I've been, this isn't the first bow that I've designed. I've been doing this for a while. I chose to take this in the market because it has so little hand shock. It's so dead in hand. It shoots extremely accurately, and you know, it, it, and this just happened. You know, the T18. Actually, if you do the research on it, it's a name of a tank. It, this is like a tank. This thing is is it's just 
know, when you really look at the coatings on it, the hard coat anodized, which is a military grade coating, um, it's got the 7075 aluminum riser side plates. It's built like a box, so it's just really rugged. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing, go ahead. I was going to say, let's talk about this riser a little bit, too. I'm looking at photos of the bow uh, on your website, which, for those who are listening, is uh, gearheadarchery.com. The bow doesn't have uh, a riser that is like like what we typically see on on the comp, most of the compound bows on the market like you said you've got uh you've got side plates if you will there's actually air in in the center of this riser there are two two main metal structural plates that actually ride to the out, outside of the split limbs and then in the center it looks like you've got another piece that is just essentially uh the the grip the the rest and and then you've got a mounting uh, location at the bottom of the grip for a for a string uh, uh, dampener so it, it's very unique talk to me about this riser design and how you came up with that and, and how you integrated your limb pockets right in right into that so the, by having the riser side plate on the outside it actually makes the bowl very well balanced typically you have the riser come up and swings around to make the sight window. We've created the sight window. It's really an issue through riser. Yeah. But, um, so it's, it's just really well balanced. Um, one of the, part of the reasons that the, the riser's designed the way it is was to make it structurally really strong. There's not, those side plates are only, only a quarter inch thick, but they're made out of 7075 aluminum, but they're straight flat plates. They're extremely rigid. So there's not a whole lot of vibration parts to vibrate on this bow. It is a modular design. When you look at it, you're like, this is, is not like anything you're used to looking at. I mean, there's, this bow is all, uh, the parts are all tongue and groove, uh, almost pressed fit together. Mm. So it's not like one large piece. It, it's all held together with stainless steel, black oxide coated hardware. So it's, you know, it's pretty unique. All the hardware stainless steel. Uh, I told you the coatings on it are all military type coatings. Um, the unique thing about the grip is it's modular. So we can take this bow, when we talk about what, what I really, really love about the bow, again, besides the shootability, you had to have that. Otherwise, do not come out with a bow in this market. It is extremely competitive, and we've got a lot of time and money invested in this, and I just wouldn't do it unless it had you know, that shootability. But the thing that's unique about the bow is if you walk into a bow shop, this bow can do a few things that no other bow can do. Besides being compact, I can convert the bow in about five minutes without a bow press from right-handed to left-handed, which is is one of the key unique features. We have a patent on that. You, you take out six bolts, you pull the grip out, you flip it 180 degrees, and basically there are multiple sight mounts. There are four sight mounts on this bow, which are just redundant, but you really only need the two of them. But one's the right hand, and then when you flip it, you have another set for the left hand. Mm. So... That is a the, the cable slide, so it's not a shoot-through cable system. It uses a, uh, a two-track uh, cam that we have licensed, which is very important on the bow. It keeps the cables uh, to the right or the left of the, uh, of the sight window. So when you flip it, uh, the cable slide shifts also. There's a module that shifts from the right to the left. And then, you're, you, like I said, no other bow can convert from a true right to a true left hand. The other part that when you look at the string stop, I'll mention this because it's also a neat feature. It's extremely high, close to the grip, and it's swept. It's got an angle to the string stop, 
so that it's full draw. It actually is so close the cam would touch. But what it does is the string stop rod actually acts as an arm guard. So as far as getting wrist slapped with this bow is almost impossible. Uh, I actually can use that as an aid. I had somebody uh, getting wrist slapped, and you can actually loosen the string stop and, and camp it out of the way where it's not even used as a string stop. It actually will push the heaviest clothes out of the way if you're really having problems with that. Mm. So that was kind of a built-in uh, feature. Uh, the other thing, again, someone walks into my shop, and I'm a bow dealer, or I'm a outfitter, and I, you know, people don't want to bring their equipment. I'm like, here's the bow. I can convert it for you. I give you one of these releases. We make it called the F- FTR. We have a, it's a regular release uh, that has a, a trigger pull on it. Um, we also have a thumb releases, but they're from one to five inches in length. So a person that has a 25 inch draw length is just a normal bow. But for the bigger person to shoot it, they can just basically simply buy one of our releases or, or, or basically put a extended D loop, which only costs very little. You don't have, I shot for the first year on the bow with an extended D loop until we came up with the release. So what does your release have? Does it have like a, like a cord loop that you hook through your knocking loop or does it actually have an extreme, like a four inch long uh, jaw or something? It has a four inch long extended jaw. Exactly. You have your trigger, which is in your normal position. So if you close your eyes, you wouldn't even notice what you're doing. And then it either puts the, the caliper at one, two, three, or four inches out. Gotcha. You actually even have a five inch. And and how does the thumb activated one work? The thumb activated uh, release. So what we what we did is on the releases, we have a, a patent pending on basically separating the trigger mechanism from the calipers by more than a certain distance. Okay, it's almost like a bullpup trigger on a crossbow, or you know, you've separated that. We partnered with uh, Trueball, so the components we're using, we can either do a Champ or the Max 3 Hunter, or their, we, we get their caliper heads, and, and we basically build the rest of the pieces. So that's been really, really good for us. They're, they're a great release, and uh, we were able to get the components and work yeah. with them. So that's kind of the, the yeah, way you, we... You, you mentioned you licensed the cam technology for the bow, too, and I'm looking at your pictures, and I think I know who it's from, but... Uh, I don't want to say anything if you're not supposed to say, but uh, can you say? <laughs> yeah, I, the cams are they're licensed from Darton. Okay. Rex. Gotcha. So that's, that's, that's similar to a lot of the people. It's the same license that uh, a few of the other companies have, and it's been really good for us. It really, really gives us a great uh, draw cycle. Um, the bow has a, a variable let off. We have, instead of a slider, we have uh, five. Uh, holes which you can select and we have different size o-rings so you can change how, how hard the back wall is but it has a really solid back wall uh you can you know go from like about four to 20 pounds holding weight and so you, you know between 60 and 90 percent let off wow uh, so it also has a so when you hold a bow i know looking at the pictures you're like how could it be you know so balanced but it, it truly is um what some people are doing, and, and, and it works really well to keep it also compact. We have a, the sight could be mounted where it's outbound or outboard, which gives you a lot more distance away from, you know, uh, from your grip, so you get a little bit more accuracy. Mm-hmm. But you can also mount it inbound so that you're even super compact and there's nothing protruding out the front of the bow. We, we have a sight we're developing as well, but we're not going to release it yet. It's, uh, 
So that's and and. I notice on all these bows too that you have the pictures on online here. Uh, you've got a whisker biscuit rest on all these. Is that standard on this bow? And is there a particular reason that you went with a you know a full capture uh, type rest as opposed to you know drop away or, or anything like that? We, you know, I'm a I like the whisker biscuit. It, it works for me. But again, people are putting all types of there's all the rest work on the bow. We, you know, a lot of different, I know there are a lot of people not, you know, liking a whisker biscuit for whatever reason, but uh, there happens to be the pictures where just because that's what we had. Oh, okay. Those, it doesn't we, come, we, does, it, does it come with it does the rest? Not, it okay. does, no, it does not come with the rest. But people are using every, I haven't had one drop away that wouldn't mount on the bow yet, so they do work. I mean, I, I again, I don't want to, I'm uh, simplistic, and when I go out and, it's, you know, just a really extreme hunt, I don't want to have any. Yeah. No, I think again. I think the whisker biscuit is a great rest for that, and you know, especially like you're talking about, if you want to take this bow and be able to slide it down into your backpack and get in and out, the fact that you don't have a cable, you know, going to your limb or to your your you know cables uh, to get caught on things. I mean, it, it probably makes a lot of sense to to stick with something like a whisker biscuit on this bow. Yeah. So it's it's. It's the users, uh, you know, you can use any site you want. You can use any rest. Um, we haven't had, like I said, any issues with that. Uh, it doesn't come with a whole lot of sound dampening other than the string stop. Um, so it, it, it's just a... And let's talk about talk about the limbs real quick, too. It looks... These limbs look... It's about the only thing on the bow other than the... Well, I mean, I say that. But, I mean, the cams, the limbs, you know, the string stop, the cable slide. I mean, that's all actually normal, you know, so to speak. Um, but these limbs look like um, they're pretty pretty uh, industry standard, if you will. Where, where are you getting these? Okay, the limb material comes from... Uh... Gordon composites, we buy the raw billet, and then we have them ground. So they're a standard uh, limb. The, the only thing that's unique about the limbs is they're held on the very front with a pin. They're not adjustable in poundage. They're a fixed-draw poundage bow. Um, they're, not, they're, they're not quite a center pivot. I mean, they're, they're, but they're uh, just a standard slit limb setup. Gotcha. We chose not to go with the poundage adjustment because it added a little bit of weight, and we wanted to stay with the full stainless hardware. Gotcha. And when you start running a limb bolt and you try running a stainless bolt, it, it can be a little bit challenging. Yeah. So that was... And, and the guy that's buying this bow, it can be for a beginner, but you would think someone, you know, if it's a starter bow, great, but limbs are not that difficult to change. It takes about 15 minutes, but we did choose to go with a... Because most bows now only have a 10-pound yeah. range of adjustment, so we, we chose to go with the fixed... Uh, well, when you see you see pictures of this bow, I mean, your limbs are basically parallel at brace, so I mean, you're going to be well past parallel at full draw with the this yeah. limb configuration. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's um, I guess it's we purposely did that. Go ahead. What about pressing this bow? Can you go ahead and and press this bow in like a last chance archery press and just do what you need to do? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we use. The easy press, the ultimate easy press works. Great. Any kind of press that can press a crossbow to press the bow. So gotcha. We, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, that is one thing that may be unique for 
some people, you, you know, you've got to have a press that can go down that small, but anybody that's doing crossbow work now could work on it. Um, the other feature, too, that's not obvious and it's pretty unique, um, if you really look closely at the pictures, you're going to notice the, the sight mounts. I don't know if you see the, the standard traditional hole mounts. There's, mm -hmm. there's four sets of them. Mm -hmm. But if you look on the lower, uh, you'll notice that there's three holes. I don't know if you see that in the picture. There's a there's a one hole that's behind. Yes, yes, I do. That that's kind of uh, what it allows you to do is you can if you have a front to back position, you can actually mount a short or a long picatinny rail. So if you want to put a laser sight or any of these picatinny mounted accessories, you have a forward facing uh, picatinny. So I typically I've got like on my bow I've got a red light and a uh, uh, you know, an LED light that's mounted right to the bow. It weighs in a couple ounces, but it's always on my bow, which is nice because you typically lose, you know, like, ooh, where's my light? So that's kind of a unique feature. Well, the other thing I wanted to ask you about are these backpacks. Does this bow come with a backpack? Because I see in these photos you've got a bunch of different gearhead archery packs, and I guess the idea is that this bow fits inside of this pack. Uh, what's the deal with that? The bow comes with the pack. We... It's a military-grade pack. We wanted to make sure that uh, people got the bow with a pack that we thought, you know, fit the bow, and that it comes in either green, uh, desert tan, uh, digital camel, or black. And then we have a, a gearhead patch that we put on there, and it, it, it looks it looks really nice. It's a, it's, a, it's a really nice pack. You can convert it uh, to carry it like a like a, a coat bag or a, a full-blown backpack with the waist harness. So, that does come with the bow. The big three bow comes with the bow and the pack. That's the the package. Yeah. Well, cool. And then I guess sort of the last thing, I still want to spend some time getting into the background of all this, but there's just so many interesting things to talk about on the bow, and we kind of hit most of the features, but one thing we haven't talked about yet is the finish. Um, I will have to say that, you know, Again, obviously, I'm just looking at a website, and, and as you said, you know, you really have to shoot the bow and experience it to have an opinion on how it shoots. One thing I can offer an opinion on without having shot the bow is is that they look pretty darn cool, Paul. And, and you have a very, you have some very nice color schemes. You mentioned the anodizing, um, like you say, you've got you've got some some desert like sand colors it looks like you've got some green and then your limbs you offer looks like a variety of camos uh as well as like some black uh like carbon fiber weave patterns talk to me a little bit about your finishes your processes and the options that are available there so what we have is three colors we have a black a olive drab green and a desert tan and Getting those three colors in a hard coat anodized is uh, fairly difficult. There's not many companies that do it. The company that we're doing it does a lot of AR military work. Mm. So you're going to have some variations in the olive drab greens because it takes differently to the 70-75 and 60-61 parts, but it gives the bow a lot of character. And so it really is the whole theme with the bow was to be really a, a military type of weapon. And if you really notice, there's not a lot of bling. There is no gearhead archery. There's these discs that have uh, their, their limb suppressor discs that go on there, and it just has gearhead archery there. There's a serial number and patent information. So it's almost like a, you know, when you look at it and you go buy a, a Desert Eagle pistol or a, you know, a, a gun, it doesn't have 
a bunch of logos on it. So we wanted to have it kind of be real modest in that respect. Yeah. Um, so we, we've got those three color schemes. We chose to go with the hard code anodized because the bow is so uh, webbed out that there's not a whole lot to camel with it. Mm-hmm. And then on the rims, we go with either a carbon fiber or we have the uh, predator deception pattern, which we like because it was a little bit of a traditional older pattern, and we just we really like that pattern. We wanted to be a little bit different. And mm-hmm. That was the pattern that we chose. Uh, the strings, we use a couple different types of strings, but we have uh, uh, first choice strings. We chose to go with uh, a really high quality string. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else can I tell you about it? Well, I, I mean, I, I have a question for you. Because yeah. I, I don't know if the listeners are intrigued, but I have gotten intrigued about this bow by looking at these pictures and listening to you tell me about it. And I kind of wish I could shoot one to see what it's like, but I don't know if there's anywhere where I could really go do that. And other people who listen to the show are going to wonder the same thing. Do you have a dealer base? Is there a way uh, for people to try these things out? How can people, you know, sort of take it for a test drive, if you will, and decide whether this is a bow that they would, would actually consider getting? So we're going to be at the APA show coming up in January. Okay. We currently have, that's going to be our biggest debut, but currently we have about uh, 15 dealers. You can go to our website, www.deerheadarchery.com, and uh, there's a dealer locator. We have some in Nevada. We've got a, uh, Wisconsin. We've got Indiana. So we're just, you know, Minnesota, um, Hawaii. So we're, we're, we're just starting to go to dealers one-on-one. We wanted to grow the company from the ground up to make sure that we can take care of the dealers. We've got plenty of bows that we've built. But, you know, when you start up a company and things go faster and you're not able to keep up, you have a problem. So we're, we're adding dealers. Uh, weekly, basically, we go in, and and it's you know traveling, going to the dealers. So there are if you go on our website, you'll find that there are a number of dealers. That if somebody has interest, if they go into a dealer, you know, and try to get them to carry it, I think it's, that'd be great. But that's kind of where we are because it's different. You really almost have to have the dealer shoot it, just like people are going to be interested. They're going to want to shoot it. So it's, it's yeah. Now, so are you saying that you when when did when did you guys actually launch this product? When did you start selling the T18? About three months ago. Okay, so this spring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned some pro staffers. You have anyone, uh, anybody that we'd know about? Or tell me a little bit about who's using this bow or who has used this bow and what sorts of things have been killed with the T18. So because of the time of the year that we released it, you know, I've shot a few feral pigs with it because uh, I was in Hawaii at the time. But our main, uh, you know, pro staffer is, is not, no one's going to really know who he is. Like, uh, this person kills over 100 animals a year. He's, he's a very hardcore hunter. He lives in Hawaii. Uh, he's taken in a period of about two and a half months, I would believe about 15 to 16 animals. He's taken uh, multiple axes of deer, uh, pigs, goats, feral sheep, uh, turkeys so you know it's, it's this is a person that's hunted uh, a lot of animals and is uh, a true believer in the product and again because if he can get to these extreme locations and all the 
all the hunts that we're talking about, all the things that he's killed, is off the ground with no blind. Mm-hmm. And what he says is the bow becomes one with, with him, meaning it's so small and uh, it's, it's not like he's got to worry about where the bow is. So at this point, we don't, other than that person, I mean, he's been just a, a great asset for us because of the seasons. Right now, you know, the season's just starting to come upon us, and this would really be our first year where we've got a lot of people hunting, other than turkey. We had a few dealers take a few turkeys. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, I just noticed the tagline, too. You're, you're talking at Gearhead Archery, Rethinking Tradition. And uh, well, that's certainly the case. You definitely have rethought a lot of things here, Paul. Uh, and, and it's an absolutely a unique product. And uh, as we've discussed all those unique features, and, and you mentioned, you know, you really need to get people to to shoot this thing because being different, you know, it, it, it's a blessing and a curse, right? I mean, it's a blessing because it sets you apart in the marketplace, but the downside is it's it's unfamiliar and, and, and that can be, you know, hard for, for some folks. But uh, like I say, a very, very intriguing, a sharp-looking bow and, and definitely something that I would pick up and, uh, you know, be willing to give it a try. Uh, and the advantages in terms of maneuverability and packability are, are undeniable. Um, I guess people are going to... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, the only thing I would say is uh, it, the amount of money it takes to start a boat company, and I, again, we didn't get into too much background, but in doing this, if you don't have something that truly is spot on, you're, especially in the way things are now with accuracy and hand shots, it's extremely difficult. And I would tell you, this boat shoots amazing it really does i've not had uh i you know i i, I think i touched on i've developed a lot of bowls and i've been doing this for a while and i guess I, this is the one i chose and for all these reasons it just it just uh it's so competitive now I and mean, you better have something that that stands out and it's it, you know after shooting the bowl for a while the thing you're going to ask yourself is you, know, you start shooting groups and you're like okay why do i want my big ball mm. that's what a lot of, why do you want your big giant plastic case that you have to tote around and you've got something like this, and you're not really giving up anything. So that's, I guess, the best. Yeah. And the last thing I want to mention on the bow, because everyone's going to be wondering, but uh, if you go online at gearheadarchery.com, you can see it. The people are going to be saying, okay, okay, you keep talking about this thing. What does it cost? So I see here you've got the price listed at uh, $1,249, which, yeah. you know, uh, in today's bow marketplace is, is sort of right in line for a, for a top-end bow. We, we uh, you know, we started looking at the cost profile and tried saying, well, what can we do to cheapen it up? Because we started, you know, well, we can put this coating on. We can, you know, we've got the grips on the bow are AAA walnut. You won't find the bow with grips. I mean, they're beautiful grips. And we said, well, let's go to this. Let's go to that. Let's cheapen the strings. Let's cheapen the bearings. Let's, you know, and I'm like, no, I don't want to, that's what that's, I, don't, I wanted to have the highest, the best quality product that we could come out with. And we included a really nice pack with it. And, you know, I really think that because of the converting the bow from right to left-handed, uh, some, you know, a lot of people who have a left hand, and this isn't a real advantage on it. Uh, it's just someone who's left-handed that gets to get a bow. And, and when they were sell it, it's very difficult for them. But with something like this, it's pretty easily converted. Uh, you can have multiple people shoot it. You know, let's, you know, let's talk about if you were to have a 50-pound bow and you wanted you and your wife to shoot the same bow, well, you could do it. If, if you, know, you would basically have maybe those different releases without changing anything. Both people could use the same bow for turkey or blind hunting. So, that, you know, there's a lot of things that this can do that no other bow can do. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, listen, we're we're sort of running out of time, but I did want to spend a couple minutes uh, on the genesis of all this. I mean, let's put it this way. You could lock me in a room with a whole bunch of parts for this thing, and, and I'd be in there for a long time if I came up with this bow, if ever, which is a long-winded way of saying you've got to be a little bit technical uh, minded to to even come up with a concept like this, never mind bring it to fruition. So what is your background, Paul, and, and you know, not only professionally, but I guess in, in hunting, and, and how did those two things come together to result in, in gearhead archery? Uh, I've been hunting since I was young, you know, 10 years old, you know, my whole life, and I started bow hunting at 16 uh, with my first compound bow, you know, hunted, hunted, and basically went to school for engineering, started working in the robotics in, uh, industry, uh, designed a lot of uh, robotic automated equipment, have a lot of patents, uh, over 20 different patents. And in 2007, 2008, I wanted to have a product that I've designed so many unique things that I could show somebody, look, all the neat things I've done, and I started working on bows. I didn't know all the mechanics behind it, but I developed a lot of different bows. I uh, had the, the machining capability uh, in-house to do it, and basically would develop a bow to a certain point and get the patent, and I was in the, in the mode of selling the ideas, using that as a, as a, as a source of income and, and learning the industry and getting to know people. And when I came out with this bow, I really, really liked it, and I didn't want to try and sell the intellectual property, so I chose to bring it to market. Uh, have a, a really good partner in uh, robotics. Uh, we have a, a 60,000 square foot facility. Uh, we have all seven owners in the company, so we have a, a, a lot of depth to us. Uh, we're, we're really well funded. And I said, okay. I never wanted to be the person answering the phone, you know, Gearhead Archery. You have to have a team of people, a business to do that. We have that. So I'm, I'm happy to, to, be able to, to be able to do this. Well, that's great, Paul. I, uh, I really appreciate your time today. I didn't know a whole lot about the company. Um, I had seen uh, a picture of the bow briefly, um, but I certainly know a lot more about Gearhead Archery now than I did uh, an hour ago, and, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. And uh, like you say, it's a competitive market, but, but you certainly have a unique offering there. And uh, if I don't get a chance before January, I am absolutely going to come look you up uh, at the ATA show next year. And I'm going to get a chance to try the TA team for myself. Good. Well, I look forward to, to, to meeting you, and, and thank you for uh, doing this. And, and until we meet again. Hey, you got it, Paul, man. Have a great day, uh, and best of luck you to too. you guys with the new company. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. Presented by Easton's new Ultra Micro Diameter Injection Arrows. For more information, pick up a copy of Peterson's Bowhunting Magazine on newsstands now.